Hey everyone, this is Chris. Welcome to the Kingdom Core Podcast. Alright guys, I'm your host Sean. I've got my co-host Chris with me. What's up Chris? Hey dude, what's up? What's up? Thanks for joining me. So this is the Kingdom Core Podcast, what you guys are watching or listening to right now. Thank you all for uh, tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever we might put this up. So I know I've been talking about having a podcast for a while, and um, it's been a long time coming, but I never really, I'm horrible at the technical stuff. I don't know how to video edit. I don't know how to, I literally don't even know how to describe what I don't know how to do. That's how <laughs> technically improficient I am. So when I met Chris, um, him and I, we, we vibed really well together. We both had yeah. the same heart for the metal scene and we both, um, we both just had similar goals. So uh, as soon as we started talking, I thought to myself, this guy, I think he could get the podcast rolling. And so when I brought it up to him, he had actually been thinking the same thing. Oh, like I want to start a podcast with Sean. And we were talking about it over a year ago, dude. We were, we were, we were talking about it's been it back, over a year. It has been over a year. We were talking about it back when, uh, Back when you had me on your old podcast, if you want to go a little bit into that, <laughs> yeah, uh, I had we we met each other originally through a group. I mean, I guess we talked a little bit online, like through Instagram messaging, and Facebook. And stuff. I think we're in some Facebook groups together. Yeah, yeah, and like we kind of talked here and there, but we we got invited to the same group, and we actually met and talked like this video chat, and it was shortly after that I was I was doing my podcast for the rock the for the rock podcast hosted at the time on christian metal source i know this is a weird train of (laughs) metal pages involved here but uh yeah it started out uh, and i i think it was like episode seven or eight or something of nine (laughs) basically ended right after (laughs) but i invited sean on and we we just had a good conversation for about an hour or so Mm -hmm. And we and continued to talk, gosh, after that, for after yeah, we, another hour or two. <laughs> I think we ended up talking three or four hours that in yeah, total that night. And so we were, fun. and after that, I was just like, we, th- this guy and I are pretty similar and we vibe really well together. Like I could definitely see us do teaming up sometime in the future. And so and now the are. stars finally align. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris even told me how to get this fancy microphone. He's uh, handling all the tech stuff. So thank you, Chris. You're welcome. You're welcome. Awesome. So um, I just want to talk a little bit about the overview of this podcast, just kind of go over what our mission is. Our mission is very simple to um, spread the gospel and to uh, talk about heavy music and people who make heavy music who also want to share the gospel. And so that's really the point of this podcast. I know this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're just getting to test the waters, letting you guys uh, get to know us. But we do have a lineup of guests, of bands, band members, who we're going to be interviewing soon. It's going to be fun. Um, we really have no timeline of um, like a consistent schedule. We want to get out two podcasts a month, potentially. Yeah, I think that's our goal. I, I think that's, that's our goal, now. too. Maybe sometimes... Yeah, probably too. And, um, but no, like every other, fr- 
Friday sort of thing, just kind of when Chris and I can get to it. We both, uh, we're both married. We both have wives to take care of and we both have both work. newly married, both newly married. Yes. Chris, you've been married not even a year. Uh, just over nine months. Just over Okay. And I just hit over two months. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We, we both had COVID weddings. Yes. So shout out to our wives for, uh, for letting us do this. I love you. <laughs> I think she's in the other room. <laughs> All right. So, um, Chris, if you don't mind yes. uh, just talking a little bit about For the Rock, what it is, how it started, um, give us a synopsis. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it actually all started back in 2018. And I had kind of taken a couple years away from really keeping up with the the scene uh, in any sort of proper manner, uh, as I used to in my high school days. And I decided I'm like, hey, I want to go on Instagram. I'm like, I'm not really an Instagram kind of person, but I want to start like a music blog kind of sharing thing. And I think you were around at that time, right? Like as I was. I started it back in February of 2018. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I started in like May or June. So I had actually okay. seen your page, and I wasn't trying to copy you. I mean, <laughs> obviously everybody looks at my page now, and they're just like, it's mini Kingdom Core. Yay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I, uh, I was just like, oh, that's cool. Like I didn't really think about utilizing Instagram in that way. Even though at that point it had been around for years and I was just behind the times. Right. But I, I decided to start for the rock. I uh, I wanted to talk about rock and metal, so I didn't want to get stuck with just metal. So I kind of put rock in the name. Um, obviously, it has a double meaning. I started doing it and literally like after, I don't know, 10 posts or something like that. It was that following winter, I talked to Peter from Christian Metal Source. And I chat with him. I'm like, hey, dude, like, I really want to, like, do you need help with a page? I reached out to a couple different pages, and Peter just instantly was like, yeah, dude, like, I'd love to work with you and have you on board and help with this ministry. And so I kind of temporarily ditched for The Rock and went on to Christian Metal Source and did the same thing. We did some videos and and whatnot. And uh, then... After a little while, I, I tried starting a podcast. We did the Christian Metal Source podcast. It was around for a few episodes, and then I changed it to For the Rock podcast because I, I realized I kind of wanted, like, something about For the Rock was what I was supposed to be doing. And so right, it, right. it just felt right. Like, I kind of rebranded the podcast, and um, it had a good reaction. It was literally only up on YouTube. It wasn't like a legit podcast. <laughs> it was just kind of like audio on YouTube and that was it. Right. And it had good reception. It was really fun. It was kind of just like a, Hey, this is what's new. This is some really good stuff. Oh, and here's some older stuff you should check out. And, uh, got to eventually interviewing some bands and you, as we we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> and just after a little while, I was like, just before COVID hit, I started going back to For the Rock on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, this is something a little different than Christian Metal Source. I'm going to work on this. And, right. and then COVID hit. And basically, I was <laughs> laid off from both my jobs for three months straight. So in that three months, it was when I really met you and mm-hmm. um, like Pastor Rob and right. some of all these other people. And we, we just had this group and we we're just talking about 
this ministry stuff. And I was like, I really feel this pull to go back to For the Rock. And so I really got down to it, made it something different, tried to make it something different from everybody else and just really kind of listen to what the Lord was calling me to do. And mm-hmm. I always felt this strong passion about album artwork and the visual aspect of music. I think it's a part that people just take for granted in a way. Like it's, it's kind of something right, that you right. don't consciously think about. It's like, Oh, that really impacts what you're hearing and, and the vibe Definitely. of the band and all that. So I decided that on the page, I would primarily focus on a stuff that's coming out that I really like, but um, really showcasing the artwork and talking about the artwork and, um, that was that was something that I just kind of started doing, and it, it was a little bit slow at first. It, it kind of started picking up traction, and um, having you share the page every once in a while really, <laughs> really helped out and had some new people come on. And uh, it just, but over this last year, it turned into something more. At, at the time, I was still doing Christian Metal Source a little bit, and I started doing reaction videos during COVID initially, like during the right. lockdown. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I actually really enjoy doing this. Like, it's it's fun. It's simple. It's quick. But, like, you can, I don't know, there's just something cool about experiencing music for the first time with somebody in a way. I guess that's maybe part of the reason why reaction videos are so popular. Yeah, um, definitely. It's a little bit different than having somebody in person, but, but right, you can right. kind of have a little bit of that experience. Yeah. There's that mutual and, enjoyment when you see someone enjoying someone yeah. else enjoying something that you like, you know? Yeah. And as an artist, it's totally insane watching somebody listen to your music and oh, seeing yeah, their reaction. Cause you generally, I feel like back in the day, you wouldn't really get that unless you were in a band and you were like showing a couple dudes in a car or something like that. Right. This is, oh, this is my new music. Like you couldn't really experience that. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it, it just kind of I didn't really plan on doing reaction videos, but it kind of turned into a thing. So then I started doing YouTube more reaction videos, top 10 right. lists, and t- like I've been planning on doing some topical videos, but this might kind of take the place of that because hey, video podcast, you're probably watching it on my channel, youtube.com slash for the rock. Um, and we're going to have, yeah, shameless plug. I know. <laughs> well, how else are they going to watch it if they don't know where? Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of where we're at now. I, I left Christian metal source a few months ago, um, just to primarily focus on for the rock. Like this is kind of the, the ministry that I'll kind of like personally be working in for the foreseeable future. And, I think this is a really cool opportunity um, to kind of like team up with Kingdom Core and uh, hopefully do something and create something a little bit different um, and enjoyable to listen to. Heck yeah, dude. Awesome. So um, I'll talk a little bit about my my ministry, Kingdom Core, for those of you who don't know um, however long you've been following it. So back in... Late February of 2018, I'm um, I'm hanging out in my room, maybe about 10 p.m. Um, and on my personal Instagram at the time, I had been like posting a bunch of um, just like song lyrics on my um, 
on my Instagram stories. So if I'd be listening to a metal song or a rock song and the lyrics would impact me, I'd take a screenshot of uh, like the little Apple music song and I'd put it on my, uh, put it on my story. Like a lot of people do, you know, and then I'd put a little lyric section, maybe a verse to go with it. And I was doing that and I thought it was cool. It, it was fun. Um, I never really got responses. I, I only, I mean, granted, I only had a couple people in my life who um, who liked the music that I like. Um, so I didn't expect to get like responses like, oh, I love that song. But I don't know. I, I thought maybe, maybe just the lyric aspect of it might like impact someone because I wasn't putting it up there to, to get reactions. I was putting it up there hoping that maybe it impacted someone. And I mean, I guess looking back maybe it did impact someone they just didn't reach out you know i'm but, sure it did maybe <laughs> but um so yeah that night i was just in my room and i was like i have like one friend who likes this kind of music and then a couple others who like a few bands but um i think it'd be cool just to like have have a community of people who like this music and who also love jesus and so um so I went on Instagram and I was like, well, let's see if there's any like Christian metal pages on Instagram. Um, just so I know to like not do what they're doing, not copy <laughs> them or whatever. And so I like kept on um, searching like Christian metal, Christian hardcore. And I would find these small accounts had like a couple hundred followers, maybe four or 500 followers. And most of them weren't active or had it like post. Yeah. They just had it posted in a long time. Um, and I remember there was a, this is kind of backtracking a bit, but when I first got into Christian metal, there was a Facebook page called Christian Metal Kingdom. And it was pretty decent size. I think it had like 10 or 11,000 Facebook followers. I think and, it's still around. Um, I, I think it's still around. I'm not sure if the guy who does that updates it or not anymore. Um but I had found a lot of good Christian metal through that because uh, he would post underground stuff. He would post new releases. And so as soon as I found that page, I just scrolled through like the last maybe three years of content he had posted and checked out every single band. And so I found so many good bands through that. But anyway, I I thought it would be something. I thought it would be really cool if I did something like that on Instagram, especially because at the time it was still pretty inactive on Facebook. So that night I went on and I made an account and I initially called it Christian hardcore fans. And then I put a, um, the repentogram from impending doom, uh, their, their repentogram as the profile photo. It's like Christian hardcore fans. That's just, I don't know that that's not catchy. Like, like that's not going to really draw anyone, you know? And so I was like, okay, let's, let's think of something catchy. Because maybe this is something I could catch on since no one's really doing this. I remember thinking, like, what would be really cool is to get the attention of bands. Because I've seen, like, music pages, but they almost never get the attention of bands. And I was like, I don't even know where to start with that. But who knows, maybe maybe because it's something not being done in the Christian metal scene, maybe it it will get the attention of bands just because of that alone, you know? And so I was a huge convictions fan. I mean, I'm still a huge convictions fans. Um, those are the boys, but um, <laughs> they have on their, on a lot of their merch, 
they have the phrase aggressive worship. And so I thought, how about aggressive worshipers? I don't know, just something catchy, something that if people saw the name aggressive worshipers and their fans of Christian metal, they would probably understand it just from the name itself. And then mm. as well as the repentagram um, is pretty recognizable in the Christian metal scene. So I just wanted something that would catch people's eye and would draw traffic to the page. And so I did that and I wrote a little album review. I posted a cover uh, or the a photo of the cover of Death Grip by Fit for King, one of my favorite metal albums. And I posted that with like a paragraph. You could still scroll back, although it'll take you like five minutes to scroll back, but you could find a very poorly written review of Death Grip by <laughs> Fit for a King. As I think I did scroll back. It took ages. King. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm up. To, yeah, <laughs> it would take you a long time. Um, but so I posted that. And then I followed all my favorite bands, all their band members. And then I remember I, I kind of did some following, some follower harvesting back before Instagram didn't allow that type of stuff. But I wasn't doing mass follows. I think I followed like four or 500 accounts of just people who are active on like the mm. Christian metal bands pages. So I would like go to the, one of my favorite Christian metal bands. And then I would look at their couple most recent posts and I'd follow about maybe half of the people that liked the post just so I knew that. But I mean, cause this was 2018. That was literally back then. That was the yeah. only way to get people to follow your page. Like, <laughs> and so I did that. I think I followed a few hundred. I woke up the next morning and to my surprise, I don't remember the exact number, but I know there was over a hundred followers and I was like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> this thing might like some people like this, you know? And I already had some message. I think I had one or two messages of people saying, Hey, this is a cool idea. I'm like, I've been wanting a page like this. So I'm like, okay, great. Like, this is awesome. Let's just keep doing this. So um, each day I would just post like a photo of an album cover, the little review, just my thoughts, what I liked about it. Or I would just post the screenshots of like what I was listening to on Apple Music of different songs. And mm -hmm. what I did was I would tag the band, their label, and all the band members in it. And um, I remember it wasn't, wasn't long until I was getting a couple band members would like posts when I would tag them. And I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is really, really cool. And so a couple weeks later, I went to the first, to my first show, um, having aggressive worshipers active and it was war of ages, convictions and earth groans on oh. the alpha tour. Uh, oh, what a good lineup for yeah, that was that that show was amazing. And I saw them at this like huge venue in LA. It was brand new and I don't know how, but like the 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 venue promoter like did a horrible job of promoting this like I swear this thing was like eight, nine hundred people max, this venue, and there were maybe forty or fifty people at the show. And but like we had the biggest pit area. So we were all just like running. We made wow. like the biggest circle pit because we had just this huge open air room. That's like a, the dream, dude, to like, yeah, I mean, it, it not was for amazing. the bands, but yeah, to no, like, no, no. <laughs> to not it, be it was, shoulder to shoulder with sweaty people. It was, it was really cool. And so um, it was at that show and I posted like a photo of the tour poster, tagged 
all the band members, all of War of Ages, all of Earthgrounds, all of Convictions. And I met Convictions, and I went up to them, and I was like, hey, guys, my name's Sean. Uh, big fan of you guys. You guys have really impacted my life with your music. Um, I just wanted to let you know, I created this Instagram called Aggressive Worshippers, and immediately they're like, what? That's you? And I was like, you guys know me? <laughs> like, Keep in mind, I was up to maybe 500 followers at the moment. Yeah, it was like two weeks time. in. And so immediately there was like a relationship that was built with convictions. And those dudes, I love those dudes. They're the nicest dudes in the scene. Um, really genuine. They, they really practice what they preach. And, um, but they were just really grateful for, um, for the fact that like their music impacted me enough to do, to do this and to use their Mm. name. And so that was extremely validating of being only two weeks in because who who knows like I, when I made it I thought maybe this maybe I will because I have ADHD I always have high expectations I always uh, <laughs> I always want to do big things and I start them and then I always abandon them that's just that's just mm-hmm. how it works and so I thought this would be the same like maybe it'll entertain me for a month and then I'll stop doing it but it was really meeting them and them just encouraging me and thanking me that really kept. Uh, that really drove me to keep pushing on uh, with the ministry or it wasn't even a ministry at the time. It was still just like a fan page, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so um, fast forward about a, I mean, I don't want to go too far forward, but let's just fast forward a year and a half. Uh, It's maybe April or May of 2019. Uh, Aggressive worshipers is up to about 6,000 followers. I want to say, Oh man, that's huge. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. But uh, basically, I kept posting the same stuff for like an entire year. And it got yeah. to the point where the page was big. I was getting more recognized by uh, bands when I went to shows and I would talk to them about it. And it just kept on growing. And then there were other pages that were following that were um, that were trying to do what I did. I got messages from other people saying, hey, your page inspired me to make this. So that was really, really cool. And so Mm -hmm. I knew it had a big influence and I just didn't know what to do with it. I would get burnt out here and there. My priorities weren't in line. I would prioritize this over things in life that needed to be prioritized up until the point I prioritized this over my relationship with God at Mm -hmm. some moments. And so all that to say, I got burnout and I was like, this is getting really big. I don't know what to do. Um, but merch might be a viable option. I don't know. Um, I could do a podcast, uh, but I really don't know what to do. And it was then that um, convictions actually hit me up and I was talking to them and they were saying, Hey, we, uh, we love what you're doing. And we had a really good conversation. Basically what they told me was like, Hey, aggressive worshipers is getting big and we really believe in this. And we think that it's time that aggressive worshipers stops being a Christian fan page. And it turns into this big thing for the scene where you help out all these different bands and it really becomes its own entity. Um, Mm -hmm. And also just from a business perspective, like, like I can understand, like I, I don't want to take what they created and then like, I don't want to say profit like in terms of money but just like piggyback off of their success you know i didn't want to do that either so they told me this and so we prayed about it and they were they they were really good at helping me through it because i i didn't know how to do a name change or anything i didn't know 
like how to rebrand. I, I just didn't know what to do. And so um, they were with me every step of the way. They, um, they were really great at helping me with that. And so I was on the phone with Josh, their guitarist, and we were just tossing out different names, um, ideas for like rebranding. And I was like, how about Kingdom Core? And he was like, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that it. it. I like, like, like in the <laughs> conversation now, like I don't even want to hear any other ideas. That's just it. And I'm like, really? You think so? And he's like, dude, like, I'm not, I'm not just saying that, like, that is, that is dope. And so he I was sat right. on it and I prayed <laughs> on it and I was like, okay, I kind of like that, you know? And so I'm like, but I'm going to need a logo. Who should I go to? And I was like, well, I like Phineas and Sean McCulloch um, is a graphic designer. Let's hit him up. Let's like, he's interacted with aggressive worshipers before I had met him. Um, while doing that and he told me he liked what I was doing so I hit him up and um, I was very grateful he he was willing to do a design and so um, so we we brainstormed and I told him what I was uh, like think what my goal was I guess and he uh, he sent me the KC logo that we have now and as soon as I opened that I'm like this is it like I love this logo Um, it's very wage war fit for a king like esque. Mm. It's it's kind of in the style of those logos, and I just love that. So it was at about sixty five hundred or seven thousand followers that I rebranded the Kingdom Core, and not only did I rebrand the name, I rebranded the page. Um, it became a ministry. It was no longer just a fan page. It was a full on ministry because people's lives were being changed by the music mm-hmm. I was posting, God was using Bible verses I was posting to convict people. Um, I had people tell me that like stuff that like having conversations with them, like saved their life. And so like it, I was doing ministry things without the ministry heart. And yeah. so I'm like, I, I need to buckle down. I need to get serious about this. Like God did not grow this for me to become complacent and for me to become arrogant. And so that's really when I think Kingdom Core took off and became what it is today. And since then, it's just continued growing, continued um, becoming what it is today. And um, I don't have anything to say about it other than praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it's, it's so awesome. And I, having been a follower of Kingdom Core when it was, I think... I think you had like two or three thousand followers was when I oh yeah I started following and I remember that whole seeing the whole switch happen um before I had actually really interacted with you in any way. It's uh-huh. just yeah, it's so cool to hear that side of the story and and just to hear like conviction's heart in oh yeah in everything that you were doing. Plus oh, I couldn't say enough, and I can't say enough good things about about those dudes. They have helped me. They have been the biggest supporters from day one. They were the yeah. first band that believed in it, and since then they have been like one of the biggest supporters. And so mm-hmm. I can't thank them enough for their help. Yeah, dude, that is sick. Sweet. So um, now that you've heard about uh, me and Chris's ministry, <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I am a Christian from <laughs> uh, from I British Columbia, so. Canada, and I like kind of how you were talking about you didn't really know too many people when you were younger that like 
cared about this kind of music. Mm-hmm. Growing up where I did, I think I had one friend in high school, maybe two, that kind of gave a crap yeah. about some of it. Like a couple of them, like <laughs> Demon Hunter and, oh yeah, you know, maybe I had one friend that liked August Burns Red. But it was so hard to find anybody to really talk to about it so that was kind of where the whole gear to find people online because there's there's actually Mm -hmm. a really huge community but i feel like a lot of the community doesn't really know how to find each other it's true it's true yeah and and that that, that's that's what i love about kingdom core or about what you're doing too it's kind of uniting people yeah kingdom core has kind of become i think probably one of the most recognizable like beacons to go to (laughs) at least least for people that are on instagram it's it's still Um, so weird for me to hear that (laughs) yeah well actually dude okay speaking of sorry just a little bit of a aggression if that's the way you use that word uh christian metal kingdom on facebook they do post uh, they talked about war of ages when they knew no altars came out and uh, July 10th, Phineas is back, and they posted in the night teaser. Okay. Uh, also, funny story, that was the page that I messaged before I messaged Peter. No about, way, like, that's about, funny. About, like, asking if they wanted any help. I think the guy was just like, who is this, and never that's replied That's funny. To me. <laughs> okay, uh, who, um, whoever runs, do you know who runs that page? I have no idea. Okay, if you're listening to this, reach out to one of us. At kingdom.core or at four dot the dot rock, dot rock on Instagram. <laughs> Reach out to us and we, we want to talk to you because yeah, you're responsible yeah. for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, so I, I kind of just grew up um, really coming into the metal scene as later high school years, I guess, like grade 11, 12, grade 10, I guess. Um, and after being into rock for a few years and just not really having that many people to talk to, but yeah, uh, leaving, leaving high school, I moved away for a year with my family to Saskatchewan, literally the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. (laughs) And, uh, we lived on a farm, (laughs) no animals except for like 20 cats. Cause a couple uh, litters happened and (laughs) it was uh quite the time living out there and then i i turned 18 i moved back here with my brother and ever since uh got involved with church doing some some music here and there um leading worship and i guess being in the background of leading worship like playing the bass (laughs) and stuff i became a youth leader for a, a little while at church a few years ago and uh over the last four years at my current church. And I just ended that to kind of uh, for the last year, I just really felt like the Lord was leading me to for the rock as kind of my like focus point of ministry. Like I was very split between what I was able to do and spending time uh, doing stuff online for, for the rock versus Mm -hmm being a youth leader, which is, has its very important moments and doing big stuff yes. in that. So um, I'm, I've kind of stepped down from that. And this is kind of where I'm putting a lot of my time and energy in outside of work and marriage. <laughs> so tell them where you work. I work at a Christian bookstore, uh, one of the very few remaining ones here on uh, Vancouver Island. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting because 
Tell them about the, the the heavy music selection at your store. <laughs> yeah, the heavy music selection. I actually just posted about that um, on my it's Instagram very stories. Yeah, and we got like August Burns Red, Norma Jean, Demon Hunter, um, uh, Skillet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh. Yeah, we have a small section. We have about 20 CDs or so, a couple, couple like Emery albums, Amongst the Giants. It, it's, it's definitely a strange mix. It is, um, definitely. Oh, and uh, the very, not very first, but oh, what's that called? The, the, 2011 Righteous Vendetta. Oh, Lawless. Lawless, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. We have an unopened brand new copy sitting there. $20 Canadian. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's one wow. job I do. And then the other job, uh, I work part-time doing uh, signage at a print shop. And I actually kind of designed and printed this poster that's up behind me. Um, very and nice, so, nice. yeah, both jobs are definitely very different and very interesting. And I've also been doing some graphic design recently for a lot of the bands in the scene. Um, a lot of yes. up and coming bands, usually a bit smaller, but I try and make it affordable uh, so that a it's helping the ministry of, of what the bands are doing, actually going out and preaching the gospel, but mm-hmm. helping support them and hopefully giving them perf- semi-professional artwork something that looks good and will help their music but then also kind of helps me make a little bit of a living (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. very very tiny at the moment but i've a lot of stuff in 2020 and a lot of stuff in 2021 so far Um, you also find a way to photoshop yourself into every single album art you do (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you guys take a look at uh ben dixon's cover uh, the artwork for his single "Conform Me," that is me <laughs> on the cover, um, not so flatteringly underneath the, <laughs> with, like in my pajamas or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, there's. Uh, um, we love you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like when I told Ben that, he looked very offended. Um, oh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're not mad, Ben. Love uh, you, dude. Um, I think it looks great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it, and there is a couple more coming up that I'm actually in, but I sometimes it's easier just to come up with my own stock photo to to use to make a pose or something cuz I can't right. illustrate and I'm very limited to what I can find online that's uh free to use. So uh yeah, that's it's a bit about my work and I just absolutely love um rock and metal and uh, the Lord, obviously. So <laughs> just kind of combining everything. Um, this has been a community that I've been in and out of, but definitely felt a strong longing to be a part of for uh, like over a decade now. So yeah, that's a bit about my story. Awesome. Well, just a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Sean Ely, as you heard at the intro. Uh, I live in Orange County, Southern California. It's not um, Eli. Not Eli, yeah. Everyone <laughs> thinks it's Eli or Ellie. It's Ely. Um, but yeah, I live in Southern California. Uh, recently married, uh, just on May 24th, so just a couple months ago. But I've been a fan of metal for roughly six or seven years now. Um, for uh, I just uh, I just graduated college a couple months ago. Uh, got my bachelor's in marketing. 
And right now I am working in marketing and in social media for a, um, for a hydroponic company. Uh, for those of you who don't know hydroponics. Fancy. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I won't get too much into, but, uh, hydroponics, that's how you grow crops inside of a greenhouse. Um, yeah, it, it's like the sprinkler system that controls all the different environmental oh, okay. elements inside of a greenhouse. Yeah. It sounded like we were going somewhere fishy joke. there for a second. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, moving on. Um, so, Chris, how did you get into metal? <laughs> yeah, so actually it started out 2007. I was 13, and I... I guess for a year or two, I had owned my first MP3 player my parents had bought me. And I just had one-off singles from bands that I found early days of YouTube and and LimeWire and all those things back then. LimeWire? Dude, yeah. how many uh, family computers did you trash? <laughs> I think, actually, my brother was the one who was very tacky at the time. He kept us safe from anything. But Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I... I had like one-off singles from like "Numb" by Linkin Park and nice. uh, the "Hero" song by Nickelback it was in the Spider-Man Huge soundtrack and oh, just nice. "Crazy Frog." I don't know, like really random things. Oh my things. gosh, dude, those are throwbacks. <laughs> and uh, I had about like 200 songs on this MP3 player, and you know, it was it was like all right. Like I wasn't super huge into music, but as I kind of like, I'm like, oh, I want something, and then all of a sudden, I've discovered reliant k and i'm like wait there's like christian music that's not church music and it actually (laughs) that's good (laughs) yeah yeah and this was right after uh five score and seven years ago came out oh yes and so that became the very first album that i owned the very first cd my parents bought me at the christian bookstore that i now work at (laughs) that's cool and full uh, circle yeah, yeah, full circle. And we had That was also my first Reliant K album. Ah, oh, sick. And yeah, like at that Christian bookstore we had this thing where it was like buy five, you collect the stickers that they had on it, buy five and get one for free. Nice. So my mom would buy like worship CDs or whatever it was, and then she started buying me some. So then I had um not too long after that I got Comatose by Skillet. The Flame and All of Us by TFK. Classic. Yeah, stuff like that. And I remember the first free album I got was the original Cutlass album, which is still solid to this day. Yeah, it's it's a deep cut, but it's so good. It is. Um, But yeah, it was uh, a little while after that, I I got, I think I had heard one song from both these bands on ChristianRock.net back in the day. Uh, uh, I used to love that site. Yeah, it was something off of D- uh, Disciples' Scars Remain. I don't think it was Scars Remain. It was just one of the songs on there. Gotcha. And then also one of the songs off uh, And the Rest Will Follow by Project 86. So Gotcha. My mom bought me both those albums. They were kind of blind buys other than the fact that I had heard a song from each of these albums which by the way dude i totally miss going to the music store buying yeah. an album you only do one song off of yeah and man. then putting it and dude like when you you would try so even if you didn't like the album you would try so hard to love the album yeah because you you bought it and you're stuck with it forever yeah no for sure that was oh, such a good feeling i i think that's like 
I mean, I barely buy anything from the bookstore anymore because like I own right. everything that's in like the metal section. I can order stuff, but less and less stuff's available to order. Yeah. And so I just get everything online now. Like, but uh yeah, so like I brought those CDs home. I sat late in my bed with my little CD player clock thing that I had. Yeah. And I sat there with headphones and I started listening to these albums and I remember feeling scared and <laughs> like icky in a way that I was listening to music like in Scars Remain, like when it hit the title track, like there was a screaming stuff and I'm uh-huh. like, Oh no, my parents are going to be so mad at this. I'm like, I don't think I like this. This is too scary. Uh, <laughs> and how old were you then? I was like 13, 14. Okay. Okay. And, um, I just like, yeah, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home and it was gotcha. uh, the whole, my parents were okay with me listening to stuff that came from the Christian bookstore. Like that wasn't the issue, but it was like, they weren't super big fans of rock and like heavier things. And so I remember hearing the screaming and I was just like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I kind of like this, I think. And uh, I remember hearing, and the rest will follow by project 86. And I'm like, I just straight up don't like this. It's too heavy for me, which is funny now because it's probably yeah, one of their softest albums. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I ended up, I had a friend in youth group uh, and he, I showed him that album and he's like, Whoa, like, I love this. And I'm like, cool. Like, do you want to trade for it? He had like this Reliant K album that I didn't have. I think it was which like two, was two lefts. Don't make a right, but three do. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so I'm like, I like Reliant K. He likes this. Good. We'll swap. And uh, Project 86 literally became his favorite band. <laughs> literally, we we're just talking about trying That's to go. So funny. Yeah. Like he just sent me a message out of the blue the other day when Project 86 announced their final album Kickstarter yeah. thing, and uh, he's like, dude, if they make a fi- if they do a final tour, he's like, we have to go make a trip of it. Like the nearest place to me is like Seattle, and it's like. It oh, cost gosh. us a few hundred dollars to go. Um, oh, gosh. But we'll see about that. But anyways, he still loves them. And I, yeah, I just, I let that go. And short while later, somebody introduced me to Red. And again, nice. it, it introduced a little bit harder, like a couple screams here and there. Yeah, And yeah. uh they definitely had heavier guitars than Disciple. Yeah, yeah, something heavy. I feel like Disciple had more screaming, though. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And then my friend who liked Project 86, when I would go to his house for youth group, every week he started, he's like, dude, you have to check out this band. They're called Haste the Day. And the oh. very first thing he should, we bring up the cover of um, their first album. And, Burning Bridges? Yeah, Burning Bridges. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is that? That looks like satanic. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then he starts playing Blue Forty Two, and just Ooh. never having ever heard anything like Jimmy Ryan's vocals. I guess oh, yeah. other than the fact that me and my brother maybe used to make fun of that style, like oh yeah, we're like oh people can't understand scream like blah, 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 like that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't like this. But we had to listen to the whole song. Another week goes by, he'd show me another song by them. I'm like, uh, I don't think I can take this dude. Months go by and he shows me them like every week. Finally, it's like 2009, early 2010 sometime. Okay. 
I go to YouTube and I'm like, okay, I'm going to search up Haste the Day and I'm going to listen to them on my own time. I watched the When Everything Falls video uh-huh. and uh, I still was kind of iffy about it. And then somebody, somehow I came across August Burns Red. Yeah. Whitewashed, uh, Mariana's Trench, like all these yep. songs. The and classics. I was like, yeah, basically off Constellations. And then, <laughs> oh, uh, he, my brother downloaded a game called Frets on Fire. It was like a ripoff freeware version of guitar hero but for your computer <laughs> okay. and you could only use your keyboard that's, oh that sounds awful yeah. and so <laughs> it was bad but i it was um truth of a liar by august rents red Ooh. it was a free download Ooh. and i literally Banger. i fell in love listening to august rents red and metalcore by literally practicing that song by playing it on my keyboard like that's like hilarious. matching the frets like in guitar hero <laughs> and literally after that Every day after school, I'd spend hours on the computer just looking up. Oh, is blah 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 a Christian band? Is this per- like oh, is yeah. this band a Christian band? <laughs> and oh, uh, dude, I re- totally remember that. I spent months and months and months and years basically just researching, finding, trying to find every Christian band I could, and then kind of got into hardcore like Sleeping Giant and and all them. And it was for today came along fell in mm-hmm, love with for today mm-hmm. when basically when breaker came out um okay. and what a time to be alive yeah it's it was in, an incredible journey <laughs> through it that's all awesome. but that's kind of how i i got into metal it just it kind of slid down from there and uh yeah. but yeah uh, basically haste the day in a way but mainly august burns red was like yeah the the band that got me to start loving metal that's awesome. How about you, Sean? Hopefully you can summarize Oof. that a little quicker than I can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to start off. I am seven years old in the second grade. And in Southern California, there is a Christian music station called The Fish. 95.9 <laughs> The Fish. It's called The Fish because, you know, like the, the fish that's on the back of like soccer yeah. mom, Christian soccer mom's cards. They yeah, really knew who they were catering to. Dude, oh my gosh. <laughs> Turn them on today. It's like, it's only to that audience. Oh the fish gosh. is still around? The fish is still around, at least I down guess. here in Southern California. And, they must um, have really been able to multiply it. Yeah, they were. Feed all the I, people. I, I, oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> oh, that was bad. I know. Um, I'm sorry. All right. Um, so... There was the, every year there was this thing they did called Fish Fest, and um, it was it was a really big <laughs> it was a really big deal in like Orange County, dude. Like it was the biggest like Christian music like I I don't want to call it it was the biggest Christian music festival like other mm-hmm. than there was this other one um, called Spirit West Coast, but that was like down in San Diego. Okay. Um, my Southern California peeps know what's up, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so fish fest. Oh yeah. Face down fest. Uh, we'll get to that later. Um, so fish fest, I was in the seventh grade or no, sorry. I was seven <laughs> years old in the second grade. Fish fest. And I love telling this story. And so my parents took me and on that lineup at the main stage, it was this huge amphitheater, like probably five, 6,000 people at this amphitheater. Mm. And, um, the headliner that night was Audio Adrenaline, followed by they were the headliner, and then like supporting was I think like Toby Mac, and this was 
keep in mind, this was like 2004, maybe 2005 at the time. And so this was when like these bands were in their prime. Oh, Toby um, Mac, two thousand four. That was oh, the yeah. prime man. This was like this was like Diverse City days. Yeah, Diverse City. Oh, I just listened oh, to that yeah. album the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie oh, Daisy, great. call me crazy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so um, it was all those bands, and it's mid afternoon. It's like they do it in the summer, and we're just like scorching, sitting in yeah. our seats. And my parents wanted to get up and go, like walk around and hang out in the shade. But this band called Cutlass comes up, yeah, and I'm seven. Dude. I've never heard like I've never heard. Uh, I, I, it feels so funny calling Cutlass heavy. They were pretty but heavy I, back in the day, though. I guess they were actually pretty. It was heavy hard back rock. Like, oh, like, it was like oh five back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they came out, and I'll never forget this. Um, I can still visualize it in my head: them walking out to the stage, and the singer like taking a sip of water and then he like tossed the bottle and kicked it into the crowd and little <laughs> seven-year-old sean thought that was the most hardcore thing he had ever seen in his life and i was like whoa these guys are wild and he like yelled into the microphone and i remember my parents just looking at each other like oh no these guys are going to be like these guys are going to be really loud you know and, and they ruined their son <laughs> <laughs> forever and so i was just like wow i love this this is like how did i not know that this existed like mm -hmm. this is so cool and then they played sea of faces and not that that's heavy or anything but i was like wow they can do like loud stuff and like stuff that's like softer and really catchy you know yeah and so i remember i just like loved that and then after that we went up to like a merch booth and the fish had like a little fish fest 05 sampler CD. So they had like saw a different mm -hmm. single from every single band that was there. Dude, that's probably and collectible at this point. Do you still have it? <laughs> I don't know if I still have it. I can remember a couple songs on it. I know it had, um, gosh, it had a song by Hawk Nelson on it. Cause they were at like the song oh, stage yeah. that year. I, I forget what songs were on that album. I think there was a Jeremy camp song. I don't remember, but, um, Jeremy Camp has some bangers back Jeremy, in the early Jeremy days. Camp had some, oh yeah, oh yeah, he yeah. was on like Tooth and Nail, right? So yeah, yeah, the, the, it was it was it was BEC slash Tooth and Nail for the first okay, couple. But okay, gotcha. Like lay down my pride and <laughs> oh yeah, uh, dude, the Soul uh, Patch, iconic. Uh, yeah, dude, Frosted Tips. Yeah. F funny story. Uh, sorry, quickly, very quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, growing up, listening to Christian radio, it was Chris Tomlin and Jeremy Camp were the two like prominent like yep. male mm -hmm. names that i knew yeah my name is chris christopher and my brother's name is jeremy i liked jeremy camp and he liked chris Tomlin, oh and it was God. like it was just so weird that we like liked That's each other's such a names. weird dichotomy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway sorry continue uh, where was i i don't even remember uh uh cutlass came out on the stage and you were blown oh, yeah. away yeah, yeah, so we got that, and I was like, wow, that was really cool. I liked that a lot. But then I, I was like, well, I don't have money, and I don't know, like, anything. Like, I, I was seven. I didn't have access to the internet. <laughs> that was still when you had dial-up. Like, I, I couldn't take up the phone line to go, like, <laughs> to go yeah. look up Christian bands, you know? Um, and so I, I would literally just listen to, like, the three rock songs on that sampler over and over and over again. That's mm -hmm. all I would do. And so 
third grade comes around, I am now, I think I was like nine years old now. And my, my, my church, so back in Southern California, back in the mid-2000s, there was a, mall, a store in the mall called C28, and it was, I kid you not, a Christian Hot Topic. Like, oh, okay. down to, like, it was Christian Hot Topic, except instead of, like, band tees, they sold, like, Not of This World gear. Oh, and, dude, I tried designing for Not of This World back in, when I first started no doing graphic design. It was, like, a contest, because, like, users could oh, submit a design, and if if enough people voted like that they liked it in their like yeah. blog, you would get like commissions for, or like royalties yeah, yeah. from selling it. Uh, I never got cool. anything on there, but oh man. <laughs> so like you could still go online, go to Google Images, type in like C two eight store in the mall or whatever. I'm do that right now. And it is literally Christian hot topic. And so my little like whatever like Sunday school class I was going to back then, uh for like for like 10 year olds at the time they had like this contest and the winner got like a c28 gift card and i didn't know what that was but everyone was freaking out when they said like you win a c28 gift card so i'm like oh this place must be really cool you know and i won and i think it was like a 10 dollar gift card or whatnot so my parents took me and i was like i want this cd and it was smile it's the end of the world by hawk nelson nice and that was the first CD I ever got, um, and dude, I listened to that thing on repeat for hours every day. Like I loved that album. Um, it was the perfect introduction for someone who had only heard a little bit of Cutlass and didn't want too much screaming because he screams like twice on the album. Yeah, and so I just remember I'm like, I love this. Like rock is so cool. That and was so, my favorite Hawk Nelson album, actually. It's still their best album yeah. by far. And, um, so I just loved that, um, couple years go by and I would pick up like maybe one or two rock CDs a year. I'd pick up like another Cutlass album or I don't know. Um, oh yeah. And then like fourth grade. Yeah. That would have been like 2007 or something was when five score and seven years ago came out by Reliant K. So I got that album like right after it came out and I was like, wow, like, I love this. This is great. Like I'm totally on board with rock couple more years go by, I get Forget and Not Slow Down, and then I get Hello Hurricane by Switchfoot. I loved Switchfoot. And then uh, after that, I entered my Family Force 5 phase, which oh, every, youth group, yeah. every 2000s youth group kid had a Family yeah. Force 5 phase. Okay, <laughs> um, funny story. Yeah. Just the other day from recording this, it's July 28th. Okay. Fallstar just posted a video on their Instagram. They did a Love Addict metal cover, like in Fall Star style. Like I'm like, what? I can't wait to hear it. I yeah, I oh, it's so it's good. It's gonna be so good. Um, uh, Family Force Five. Like my brother never really got into music, like yeah. I did. But Family Force Five, literally, I would get every CD. Like when I would go into the Christian bookstore, my parents would buy uh-huh. me these CDs. They always offered to my brother that he could get a CD. And it was yeah. every time a Family Force album, Family Force That's Five album came funny. out, that was his CD, and yeah, it was just funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I went through that Family Force Five phase, and then junior high comes, and um, and I got some friends in high school, and um, they they tell me and my brother about Disciple, and they're like, yeah, here's this record called Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. And I'm like, okay. 
And I'm oh, like, so many stories about that album. This is so good. Like, this is so. Maybe we could do an episode about that. Yeah, sometime. yeah. We'll have to. But we'll have to. That is like, here. in my opinion, that is a seminal record in the Christian rock scene. Yeah, I, a very pivotal. I think it's a staple, personally. Um, yeah, I can see that. And th- that album was just. I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And then I went through this weird phase where in ninth grade, I wanted nothing to do with like anything heavy. And all I listened to was dubstep for a year straight. Like just. <laughs> I have no, uh, yes. I loved Skrillex. Dude. <laughs> dude, I had a Pandora station that was Skrillex and like oh. all these different dubstep artists. And I went back like maybe a year ago and listened to them. And I'm like, this is absolute garbage. Like how do I, I don't mind dubstep. Like I mean, it's definitely phased out, but I oh, can, yeah. it's still enjoyable. But I was in huge aspects. into that. That was like 2010, yeah. 2011. So it's not till sophomore year of high school around 2012 that I really started to get into like rock and metal. I heard skillet. I heard red and I was finally Cause like it's crazy, you heard all those other bands before Skillet and Red. Yeah, it's like weird. Disciple, I don't know. like yeah, it's yeah. I it was because my friends saw Disciple live. They okay. they went to they went to uh, I think it was it was the Newsboys. Disciple <laughs> had opened for the Newsboys. It's such a it, weird it, it combo. Like, so but it, weird. It's actually like amazing at the same time. It it, it is yeah. Was it a Winter Cutlass Jam thing? Also, no, it was like it was right after Michael Tate joined them again. Yeah. I think it was Newsboys, Cutlass, and Disciple or something. But um, it's a pretty decent lineup. Pretty decent lineup. Show. I'd leave at the headliner. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, yeah, I finally had listened to enough Red and Skillet to where like the screaming didn't bother me, the heavy music didn't bother me because I had heard a lot of it. It mm-hmm. was played in my house a lot. Uh, it was played with my friends a lot. And I just didn't dig it for the longest time. And then finally, just one day, it it, it clicked. It hit with me. Just like with you and uh, Haste the Day, you know, and August Burns Red. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, like, I like this. It was this. literally a, a moment where, oh, like, yeah. something switched in my brain. And I went from, like, eh, oh, I like that. Like, it was, yep. there was a definite moment where I just there decided to like yep. it. Yep. And so, um, so, yeah. So, I... I started that and I was like, okay, what's, what's this band demon hunter about? You know, that sounds heavy. And like, this is too heavy. And so I continued listening and I acquired the taste. And then this is around 2013 is when I really started to just like branch out, not from only like rock, but into more hard rock and some post hardcore. That's when I found, um, I found wolves at the gate then uh, and, who yeah. is still one of my all time favorite bands. I um, found Wolves at the Gate. Okay. Their music video for Heralds had come out. I loved them from that point, like literally oh, the yeah. moment. Oh, they were amazing. And I was like, this is the first band other than Demon Hunter that screams this much in the more I hate to say screamo style, but like I yeah. feel like you could I feel like you could say Nick Denny almost has a screamo style vocal, at least on captors. You know? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so back then I thought that. So it was the more scream because Demon Hunter was growls, you know, not mm. not 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 full on like metalcore screams. And so it was the first metalcore stuff that I liked. It was right after Cap. It was maybe six, seven, eight months after Captors came out, and I loved it. And then I got into like Righteous Vendetta, and it just got heavier from there. And 
yeah. Then like a year later, I was into like Memphis Mayfire, uh, August Burns Red, Fit for King, all that. Yeah. And it just progressively got harder. And then I started going to shows and I'm like, I love this. This is what, like, this is where I belong in the world. Like, mm. I just love this. This is my place in society. Like, I love this. You found scene. your wife there too. I did. Yes. I can talk about, yes, I met my wife at Face Down Fest in 2017. We can talk about that on another episode. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's an I, I met, story. I was thinking about it before this. I met my best man at a show. So I recently got married. I had seven groomsmen. Three of them I met at shows. And one of them that I didn't meet on a show, I met because I was wearing a Memphis Mayfire shirt. And he was like, hey, cool Memphis Mayfire shirt. You're like, oh, he's thanks. Like, you want to come to my wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I how rare you find met. people. I got caught. Like, I went into Best Buy a couple of weeks ago and I was wearing my August Burns Red uh, Phantom Anthems T-shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I walked in and the guy greeting. Like, guys, I'm in like this small town on Vancouver Island in BC. Like, nobody here listens to this stuff. And the guy was just like. Oh, sick shirt, dude. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, I didn't really know what to say. Oh, I went great. in. He rang me out when I was buying something, and he was saying, he's like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, me and my girlfriend, like, we, we're, like, really into metal. They started listening to a bunch of secular bands that I don't listen to. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, cool, dude. Like, but he <laughs> knew is, August Friends read it. It was, like, really funny. That's great. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I love metal in public moments. <laughs> they, they don't happen as often as you would think down here in Southern California. They yeah. really don't. Uh, metal back metal down here was like really big during like the hot topic scene early days, 2000s from, from like 2000s. 2004 to like 2009 it was pretty big here and i remember uh because everyone who was older than me that i knew like my cousin was into all that but it really was just a phase for most of those people you know yeah yeah so that's how i got into metal, metal. for life man metal Weird. for life do we have time to uh talk about our favorite bands yeah i think so um okay. how how many do we get to talk about uh let's talk and they don't talk. have to be they don't have to all be christian i know this podcast is christian i'm i i ourselves all my i know who you're probably going to talk about but okay <laughs> trying to like not talk about christian ones but i'm probably going to just say all christian bands because okay okay honestly okay. that's true um we could go back and forth every band okay so let's go with three each three each top okay. three all time and that, uh, I know my top one, and I'll start. Should I start with them or end with them? End with it. End with it. Okay. So this is so three, hard two, for one. me to pick. Like, should I go first? <laughs> no, I, I'll I'll start. I got one. Okay. Okay. We've been talking about them, and you're probably gonna talk about them. Let's yeah. be real. August Burns Red. Um, <laughs> I guess technically that's a not Christian band. <laughs> That I technically technically um, okay. but when I like getting into metal 2010 probably from 2010 to 2014 maybe I would have easily just said oh like August Burns Red is my like favorite metal band like right I mean they're my favorite was... metal band of all time <laughs> yeah and I think that has changed over the years um, but like I still can't deny that the the impact that their music has had on just my musical influence over the years right. and just where I am now. Like I can't not say that they were 
oh, yeah. my favorite band. So that's definitely one. Um, and I think it kind of goes for reasons unsaid, plus all the ones that I already gave earlier in this podcast. Right, but, right. Uh, what about you, man? What's what's your first one? Uh, I mean, so you already said August Burns Red. August Burns Red, they're, they're not my favorite band of all time. They're probably number two or three on my top five list. I'd probably say they're number two. Um, they're definitely my favorite metal band ever. Um, I found them. I mean, I had always, even when I wasn't in the heavy music, I knew August Burns Red. That's just how big they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I had tried so much to get into them, but that's before I could do stuff without clean vocals. And so it wasn't until about 2016. I know, I know it's late, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't until 2016 when they finally clicked with me when I was like really into riffs and breakdowns. And, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, are you t- are you talking about August Burns Red or a different band right now? August Burns Red. What? <laughs> and, okay, keep in mind I didn't even get into metalcore till like that's 2015. True. true. Okay. Yeah, that's I, fair. I, I I was like on the fence of like hard rock and a little bit of metalcore from like 2015 to 20 or from like 2014 to 2015, and 2016 okay. is when I really dove full head on into metalcore. But um. Yeah, so that's when I got into them. Um, they've been, uh, gosh, their their music has just been so impactful to me. Um, just, I mean, I know they're not a Christian band, but like, you can't deny, like, you can't deny that the spirit is in a lot of their music and in a lot of their lyrics, because most of their lyrics mm-hmm. are written by Jake and or uh, Matt, who are Matt, both the yeah. Christians in the band, and um, their lyrics are just so open, so vulnerable. Um, and I think they do a really good job of writing uh, from a uh, from a point of view of a Christian that an unbeliever could also relate to and not mm-hmm. feel um, not feel. I don't want to. I, I want to be careful with the way I say it, but not feel, I guess, pushed away or feel like they can't relate. You know, like they yeah. they talk about their struggles. Like, yes, I may be a Christian, but I also struggle, and it's okay if you struggle too, because we all struggle. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think offering that hope through Christ in the music is is really great. And they both do it in their own personal ministries outside of the band, which I think they've found that really good balance of like being in the world, but not of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Um, in, in a metal band, that's not necessarily a Christian metal band, but they, they, they put biblical themes in their music and then they live their lives outside of it as a testimony to God's grace, you know? So yeah, I love that. Sure. ABR, ABR forever. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right. Number, another band for you. Oh, this is so hard. Okay. Um, it's always so hard for me to definitively nail down okay. another band. I think even though maybe they're not the one that I go to the most or listen to the most, they're, they're almost like the band that I savor the most. Okay. Um, that I just, whenever I come back to them, I'm always just like, wow. I like, love this those incredible. bands. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I think Wolves at the Gate, just realistically between the sound, the lyrics, uh, just everything that they've done, Everything, uh, everything, they've done. even their band. demo EP, like from even way their demo. they were signed. It's so good. Like they don't have a so single bad song incredible. in their discography. Oh, not at all. And then even when they go 
and do like acoustic versions. It's still I so wasn't, good. <laughs> I wasn't like a huge, huge, huge mega fan of Eclipse. Like I like it. It's just not my favorite album that they've mm-hmm. done. Um, and then even the acoustic stuff that they did off of that album. But if you do the, um, what's it called? The reprise. What? Reprise EP. Reprise. So good. I like every time I listen to those songs, I'm just blown away oh, at yeah. like the musicianship and just oh, yeah. everything that they've done. It's absolutely incredible. And just how bold and outspoken they are for oh, yeah. Christ. And it's just they're, they're the most outspoken band for Christ in the scene by far. Yeah, like I they mean no bands are... preach on stage anymore. They're the only band that stops the set, preaches even when they're booing. Yeah, basically like after four today left. Oh, four today. Uh, for today. Uh, you know, okay. Oh, nope. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> you, you can't say them. You can't say them. Yeah, I guess, to be fair, they're still, Wolves of the Gate's still active, so they're currently Terror. in there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Wolves of the Gate, I just, I gotta give it to them. Okay, sweet. All right, so for me, I already said my number two. I was gonna say three, two, one, but we already touched on ADR, okay. which was my number two. So, so I'll go to number three, which actually... Wolves at the Gate competes this band for number three. All I think the time. I know who you're gonna say though. Uh, who, who who am I gonna say? Era. No, uh, Era is actually my favorite like secular metal band of okay. all time. Uh, I'll, I'll oh wait, did, I didn't spoil your number one, did I? No, not at all. Oh, okay, no. okay. <laughs> no, so um, my number three is actually Thrice. I oh, am a massive okay. Thrice fan. Dustin Kinsrue. I mean. Um, my wife walked down to a Dustin Kinsrue song at, at down uh, down oh, the aisle. Oh, like off his like worship album that he no did? off of his like solo thing. Oh, okay. He wrote like a song for his wife. It's called "Of Crowns and Crows." Um, it's okay. like literally the most romantic song ever written in the history of mankind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I got into Thrice senior year of high school, so I was like 2014, 2015 ish, and um, I just. I mean, they have like 10 albums now. They just released uh, that their new album is coming out in September or August, uh, either the end of August or early September, I think. And um, it's called, they, they released a new single called Scavenger. And I know Dustin has kind of, there's speculation on whether Dustin is still saved or not, still mm-hmm. Christian. He's distanced himself. He's definitely gone progressive and gone more towards the left. Um for sure, and kind of abandoned his reformed evangelical beliefs, yeah. uh, like when he was the um, Mars the worship leader at Mars Hill. Yeah, after all that Mark Driscoll stuff went down, but um, their music just it takes me to another place mentally and emotionally. It really just, uh, I mean, their lyrics they were never a Christian band, but when Dustin was a very strong, devout, practicing Christian. And from about like two thousand, the image of the invisible man, like that song. It's so it's literally it's amazing. amazing grace. Like yeah. <laughs> we all were lost, now we are found. You know, yeah. no one can stop us to slow us down. We all are named and we are known. We know that we'll never walk alone. Like I don't know how you can listen to that and not be like, oh yeah, this was this was written this was written by a Christian. Like you could just yeah. tell. So from like two thousand five to their two thousand eleven album, Major Minor all five albums from that span. They, Major uh, Minor is still available at our sister store. 
Like really, in okay. the other uh, every time I've gone down there, literally album. over the last fifteen years, I've always seen thrice music down there. There's literally a song about Jesus on the, hanging on the cross on that album. Really, it's called. Um, I never. Shoot. I don't think I ever it's actually called listen to, to it. me. It's called "Listen to Me." Then they also have another song called um, "Disarmed," where it says, "Like, tell me now, where is your sting?" Like he's talking, okay. like death. You have been disarmed. Like their music is so spiritual and so biblical, and literally just straight scripture for not being a Christian band. That their music has just helped me out so much. I just love Dustin's voice. Dustin, I think, is one of the greatest songwriters of this generation. I know Thrice are considered legends, but even even with their legend status in the scene, I don't think I'm off by saying that they are still severely underrated because I feel like it's yeah. only people in a specific scene that know them, yeah, and they're considered legends in that part of the scene. Yeah, and um, but they are probably the big one of the biggest like rock influences for metal bands. I would say a lot of metalcore bands are highly influenced by Thrice. I mean, even mm. Wolves at the Gate is influenced by Thrice. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely lyrics. see that. Oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, every post-hardcore band is influenced by Thrice. So, so that's I my have, number two. I have a quick story about Thrice okay. just before I get on. Speaking of um, them, so back in the day, how I discovered them, even before I realized that they were, like, at the time, they were considered mm-hmm. a Christian band. Yeah. For any of you classic like PS2 original Xbox era gamers out there, and you if you liked racing and stuff back then, there was this game called Test Drive Eve of Destruction. And what? I remember it, it was basically like a demo derby racing game. Okay. Like okay, it was so fun. Cool. And it had the like still to this day, probably one of the best rock soundtracks I've heard in a video game okay. ever. Okay. And uh, one of the songs that comes up is like Late night breaks lock, hear the tires squeal. Oh, like, well, I, just, so good. I just remember, like, and I open bloodshot eyes into fluorescent white. Like, the, just that. Uh, so it, good. Yeah. And that song is so fun. It was like years later, I'm like, wait, this is a Christian band. And I own that album. I don't listen to it nearly it's a enough, great album. Yeah. Uh, pretty awesome stuff. Sweet. Okay, favorite band, and then I'll do mine, and then you—you we'll you know mine. Um, I, I know we, yours. We talked about this a year. Like you know mine too, right? I think so. Okay, I'm questioning it now. You're questioning <laughs> it now. Um, yeah. So my favorite band, I gotta give it to Falling Up. I uh, and thank you, Sean, for actually giving them a chance after we talked did. like a year ago, and you listened to like the whole. Can you believe in 2020 I had never heard <laughs> anything by falling? Up. <laughs> oh, and then I so did good. as as soon as Chris and I had that podcast episode, and he told me falling up because I didn't realize they had like 15 albums. Ridiculous! Like, I had no music. clue their discography was so vast, and I'm like, there's no way a band could be good. Or it could be bad and have like fifteen albums, dude. And, and they like did three albums, it. three albums in one year. That's crazy. They did so hours, through, Silver City, and yeah. it was good. I liked it. It was it was fun. I think all it was like amazing. Discography. It it just didn't connect with me that yeah. much, but it was it was fun to listen to. I think I'll go through the discography every once in a while. I think well, that's the thing. So like, they're really old stuff. So like, Crashings and Dawn Escapes. That was probably my. 
I mean, uh, there's so many albums. Just looking Crashings, at their discography. That was now. their first album, right? The very the first one. one, the blue one with like the six yeah, guys. That, that was there. my favorite by them. <laughs> yeah, and like just there's so much unique stuff on that album. I find like listening really to was. rock, like just the melodies, the songwriting, like every the tones for the guitars, it was like really ahead was just of its different. time. Yeah. When did and, they like, come out? Like 2004? 2003. That like that did some really cool stuff or innovative stuff for oh three dude and like uh the song like jackson five it's oh, like yeah. it's like an almost like a new metal like punk rock track that has mm-hmm. uh rap parts and it also features uh john micah is his name yeah singer of cutlass and yeah. then also also like oh, no it's micah right is that micah, micah something Sermel? yeah or, yeah or, yeah there we go i always think john micah for some reason anyways Micah from uh, Cutlass, and then also Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter in the same song. Like it was, yeah. it was just like, so what cool. is this? <laughs> like, and granted, at the time when I got into them, I didn't know who those people were. But right. and like their song "Broken Heart" is like great song. Like I feel like I never really was broken hearted. Maybe I have been in my life a couple <laughs> times. So like that song, it just has always clicked with me. It's like one of my favorite songs ever, um, and just the way their discography goes, they eventually venture into this very like indie experimental stuff with fangs, which so basically unique. ruined their record like career with tooth and nail. Cause nobody bought it. Everybody hated it. And now I look yeah. back and I'm like, I was severely disappointed when that album came out. I remember buying it day one of when it was available at oh, the yeah. Christian bookstore I work at. And I just, I was so disappointed. I was like, this doesn't like I was into at the time. I was like very hard rock, like skillet TFK red. And just to hear this more like indie slow stuff. But now I listen to it and I'm like, this is amazing. Your sparkling death comments, like everything after it took a while, but it grew on me so much and it stuck with me and it's incredible. That's my favorite band falling up. I I, sticking with them probably for a life. What's uh what's your favorite band, Sean? Okay, so I'll start with the honorable mention who was kind of like your ABR, um, who like you just can't leave off the list. So yeah. Red. Red was okay. always yeah. my all-time favorite band for the longest time. Yeah, I, actually um, I feel like even last year you would have said that, right? Yeah, even last year Is that I would have said, said that. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, up until Declaration came out. <laughs> um I love uh, that album. It was the first good album since 2009. It's like a good. <laughs> A good album, but from Red, I want great. See, Red never has in between albums. They only have incredible, perfect albums, or they have horrible albums. <laughs> yeah, like Gone. Oh yeah, and so uh, like I, I don't want to. I'm on. not trying to talk trash on Red. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge kidding. fan of them, so I can critique their music. But um, basically, all that to say, they kind of gave me my introduction into like rock and heavy music. They were my that like the first one that like I really just loved everything by. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to them nonstop in high school. They were the first like one that I saw live. Um, I saw them live with We as Human, by the way, which I love rubbing oh, Chris's face. We'll have to talk about them <laughs> at some point. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, we should do an episode on that sometime. Yeah, maybe we might get in trouble. But um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, honorable mention to Red because. Uh, they were great, but I kind of like, I still love red. I'll listen to them every once in a while and I still love it, but it just doesn't have that place in my life anymore. That was more for, they, they were really impactful on me for a 
for like a season of my life, just mm-hmm. just not in that season anymore. So yeah. my all time favorite band is Amberlynn, which oh yeah, Amberlynn. Okay. And so okay. Amberlynn, they're not like necessarily a Christian band. A lot of people say they're a Christian band. Like it was back Stephen in like Christian though is. Like Stephen Christian's like a pastor now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's pretty vocal about it, but they're not a Christian band, you know? Yeah. I think he's the only believer in the band. I don't want to speak on behalf. I think mm. Christian might actually be a believer too. I'm not sure. I think um, too, like in the early days, like they came up in literally the heyday oh, yeah. of tooth and nail, like and at the time I'm sure 100%. they didn't care. Like they were always labeled as a Christian band. Yeah, 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 yeah. And their music. Their like their music, it talks a lot about love. They they do a yeah. lot of like dating stuff, a lot of love. And then as they got older, you could tell it was more about like marriage and like commitment, which was really cool because like you see from foreign language or not foreign language from um, Blueprints for the Black Market, their first 2003 album. You got songs There's like so many language. good riffs on that album, dude. There are so many good riffs on that oh. album for 2003. That album was so ahead of its every time. time I play it. It's one of those albums I'm like. Why don't I listen to this like every day? It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And so like you look at the lyrics of like foreign language, like boys speaking rhythm and girls just lie, you know, like it's just like very immature, like youth group rock, you yeah, know, yeah. but it's still like, I mean, that song is still a banger. I don't care how corny that song <laughs> is. Like it is great. I will, I will sing the doo 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 every time. Thank you, Chris. And, um, but you look at that and you look at the evolution of them as a band and you get to like dark is the way light is a place. And there, that was where and, I kind of fell off of them for. A okay. While. See, that's one of my top three albums by them. And they really? have the song art of war where like, he's talking about because of you, I'll never write another love song. And it's just like, they're so like, they, they've experienced so much life and they've written about their lives in a way to where other people can relate. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. I found so I knew of them for probably I I've known about them since like 2009, 2010. Uh, my cousin, they're my cousin's favorite band of all time. He's like massive. He's got a lowborn tattoo. Like he is massive Amberlynn fan. And so he would always show them to me, and I liked them. And that was back during my Brock days. So I thought Feel Good Drag was cool. Paper Thin Him. Yeah. Like, yeah, those were cool songs. I think every Christian youth group kid loved the resistance. Good tracks. What song? The resistance, the first one. Oh, that was a great track. Oh, yeah, so good. And so, but I had never gotten into them, and I had never like dove into them. And then they announced Lowborn and that they were breaking up. And I just, I like, I could have gone to their final tour when they played at Anaheim. But in 2014, and but I just wasn't into them, so I didn't think yeah. like, uh. I I don't know anything by them. I'm, I I don't really care. And then my cousin went to that show and he came back and he's like, Sean, you missed what was the greatest concert of all time. And he showed me videos of it and he shows me songs that they played. And then he shows me Dismantle Repair. And I was like, I've made a huge mistake. This <laughs> is like the best song I've ever heard in my life. This was senior year of high school for me, I believe. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh my gosh. So I got so into Amberlynn while they were still on their headline tour just like a week after they played my city and wow. I was like I will never see this band live never and I think them getting back together and me getting to see them play 
finally last summer or no gosh that was two years ago two years ago yeah covid has my mind fuzzy (laughs) seeing them play live kind of cemented like okay i can have this be my favorite band of all time because they're active and because i got to see them like i can judge them against everyone else because i've seen them as long with all the other favorites you know and so their music just what a I, I I have so many stories about them. I could just talk about them for hours, but um, we've talked enough. <laughs> for for oh, I just like just to say on Amberlin. Or I've talked. I oh no, no you, I probably talked more than he did. I want somebody count how many words we both said. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Um, Lowborn. I remember. Like I kind of fell off in when dark is the way. Light is a place came out. I I like like looking back now. I actually really like that album, but at the time yeah. I was like, eh. Uh, and then I I listened to Vital when it came out, and Vital like was so good Devotion, like like the and Devotion and like the Vital remixes and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, and then I remember like when Lowborn came out, and they were like saying it's their final album. I thought that album for not being a huge fan of them at the time, that was like a banger to go out on like i thought that was was. that was like a perfect final album like for being like hey this is the last song harbinger you know yeah man we'll live forever forever you know like that's just it's a song they wrote to their fans and then did you ever see uh when they were on their final tour um and they would play finn did you have you ever seen that live footage or listened to it i it sounds Which, vaguely way, familiar, Finn, but I don't Finn know. Finn is my favorite song of all time, by the way. My, <laughs> but um, they would sing like during the uh, during that long instrumental part when they're all just like you know patron saint. Um, are we all lost like you? You know that part. I, I have to re-listen to it, man. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. I, I so remember. for those of you listening, if you've heard the song Finn by uh, Amberlynn, it's the last song off of their album Cities. There's like this huge instrumental part for like three minutes where they're jamming along and there's this choir singing uh, patron hymn or patron saint. Are we all lost like you Um, live on their final tour? He actually Stephen like went and did the lowborn thing and everyone in the crowd put their hands up and did that. And he starts singing. uh, We'll live forever, forever, forever. Um, like in the middle of that part and it just fits so perfectly with the melody and he's singing that part of the song and it's just like i've never seen a band connect with an audience more than i have watching those live videos of them playing that on their final tour especially if you watch what was at the time their final show ever i think it was in orlando it is like one of the most like emotional things i have ever seen one of the most emotional connections I've ever seen between a band and a crowd. It, I it is so cool. Added it to my save to watch later. I'll watch it in Sweet. the next couple of days. And Berlin Finn final show ever. Yeah, six years ago. It's it's crazy. You see, like Stephen just like start weeping like at the end of the song. Like they're all just because they never expected to get back together. Yeah, yeah, ever. Like like I know every band is just like we're not getting back together, and everyone's like they'll get back together. But I feel like Amberlynn was the one in the scene where everyone was just like sure they weren't getting back together. Yeah, and they- and now they're they're coming out with an album, right? <laughs> they're they're recording new music, and oh, I am yeah. so happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully so those- they don't come back like Under Oath did. Oh no, they won't. <laughs> I'm sure they won't. But that was Stephen's a pastor; he's not allowed to curse in his yeah. music. 
Dude, I went to I went Ooh, to Underworld's hi. comeback tour, like when they did the tenth anniversary of Rolling Chasing Safety and uh, Define the Great Line together. That show was amazing. It was both albums oh, back I'm to sure back. It was incredible. Yeah. And then and it was like it was kind of supposed to be a one off. They didn't know if they were coming back officially after that. Okay. And then so the next year or two years later, I guess, was finally when they brought out new music and I was right, right, so right, right. crushed. <laughs> like it was yeah. uh, that yeah. was a rough spot for the scene. Definitely. All right, dude. I All think right. that is a wrap on the pilot episode wrap. of the Kingdom Core podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is yes. absolutely massive. This was a long, lot longer <laughs> than episode that this I was took thinking way it was longer be. than it should have. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and that's all my fault. I'll take responsibility <laughs> for that. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I had a wedding to plan. Oh, that's all good, dude. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much, especially if you've listened or watched this far. Yes. Um, that is mm-hmm. massive. We can't do this without your support. Yeah. Yeah, guys. You, you. I'm incredibly excited to hear what you guys thought about it and um, maybe drop down in the comments or message us or something. Like, mm-hmm. what are some ideas that you want to hear us talk about? Um, we we have some bands lining up to uh, to talk to, and I, mm-hmm. I'm sure we got some massive plans in the future. But if you guys are watching this on YouTube, uh, be sure to hit that like button down below, comment, do all that stuff, subscribe to the subscribe. channel. Yeah, it would be <laughs> so awesome. Actually, Mr. Sean Ely, can you tell them to subscribe yes. to For the okay. Rock? Okay, subscribe to For the Rock. I mean, if you're <laughs> watching this right now, like I'm hoping you're already subscribed or you've subscribed partway through the video. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you're listening to this somewhere else, Spotify, I don't know, Apple, whatever, um, go on to YouTube, type in For the Rock and subscribe and then go on instagram at kingdom.core you can just type in kingdom core it should come up and uh give me a follow and then also follow chris you can probably type in for the rock and it'll it should show up up, but it's it's at four dot uh, dot rock yeah Dot, 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 dot. Well, thanks, dude. And it's been absolutely incredible to this has been great with you. Thank you for thank you for joining me for being my co-pilot. I mean, we're both. There's no there's no main host. There's no. This is what I wanted to say in the beginning. There's no main host of this show. There's no co-host. We're both hosting it. We're using the name Kingdom Core, but this is just as much Chris's podcast as it is mine. But uh, most of all, it is the Lord's podcast. Yes. And yeah, so we hope you've been much. blessed by this. If you guys need, um, if you guys need a friend, if you guys are going through something, if you guys need prayer, feel free to drop a comment in the comments. Reach out to either one of us. Um, we will definitely, uh, we will definitely share those with one another and pray over you. Um, we would love to. That yes. would, um, that would be awesome. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and um, take care until the next episode. See you guys. Peace. That's always my outro on on stuff. Okay. <laughs>